0: To another edition of the Bass Interaction Podcast. My name is Stephen Bassin, of course, as you all know, the host of this show, sports reporter and news reporter for CentralJerseys.com, and back here with another podcast episode. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks, so my apologies. Been crazy with election season and getting into covering more sports, so a lot's been going on. So I, you know, I thank you for your patience, and hopefully, I can give you guys a. Nice, good show. And I feel like I got a good one on deck here, okay? Uh, we got my top 10 football rankings, of course, which has some big changes on it. Um, you know, we got new number one. We got a couple of teams cracking top 10 this week. So uh should be fun to watch as we're now towards, we're in the middle of the season, almost at the end of the regular season with state playoffs just a couple weeks away. We'll also have some soccer talk. Short conference tournaments going on right now, so is the GMC, so we'll get into that good stuff. I'm going to be joined by Taylor Beeling on this episode of the podcast, Uh, the star junior forward from the Homendale Hornets girls soccer team, who's been outstanding. They've been outstanding this year. Coach and Carl has another great team. They're 12-0-1 on the season. Remember, they won 15-0 last year, and it could have been even better if they weren't shut down because of COVID, but... I mean, they're having a great season. They're number three in the short conference tournament. You know, you can argue they could have been the number one seed, but um, they faced Red Bend Catholic on uh, Friday. That should be a great game. Um, but um, I have her on. She'll talk about, you know, coming in. She was a new person to the community coming in high school, and she's had a great career so far in her three years at Homedale helping the Hornets achieve success. And it was great having Taylor on. She, she did a great job. So um, stay tuned for that. And I'll get into my Yankees and my Giants, of course, as you all know. <laughs> you know it's it's, it's tough, <laughs> uh, tough times, tough times, tough times right now with um those two teams. We had one good Sunday, we had one good Sunday when they both won, and then things started crumbling down after that. Yankees lose the wild card game, and then injuries galore happened in Dallas, and who knows what to expect now. But um, enough's enough with that. I'm just gonna get in my top ten. All right, so let's do it. Here it is, my updated. Top 10 high school Central Jersey football rankings. And we get started at number one with a new number one this week. And that is the Red Bank Catholic, Casey's, who went into Rumson last Friday night and beat the Bulldogs 21-14. Listen, Red Bank Catholic's just been an amazing team. They're 7-0 on the season. Coach Lange has a really good team, Alex Brown. His first season at quarterback there has just been outstanding. He's thrown for almost 1,200 yards. He has 11 touchdown passes. Alex Ballman, just like his brother, is is a stud. You know, he's got four touchdown catches, but defensively he's just been amazing out there, out defensive end, outside linebacker position where they play him. Um, 12 tackles for a loss. He's been wrecking havoc, wrecked havoc against Rumson. Um, you know, Sabino Portella, nine rushing touchdowns, over 600 yards rushing. So the cases are rolling right now. They're 7-0. Um, they have a little test this weekend. I shouldn't say little. They got a test from watching this Manalpin football team, you know, lately. I mean, they, they can play. Their defense is very stout, and listen, Heckle can throw with any of them. So, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they play Friday night in Manalpin, but... um. You know, listen, no one's been able to slow down the Casey's Rumson kind of did, you know, their defenses lights out. This is the first time they gave up more than a touchdown in a game. So, um, you know, it's just a crazy stat. But, um, you know, the Casey's right now, they're rolling the top team right now in the Shore at seven. 0 so they're number one. And my new number one on my top 10 at number two, rising up, you know, or staying really at two is Hillsboro, um, who is seven, oh, on the, on the season, they have risen up. Excuse me. Um, coming off an impressive forty-four to nothing victory over Oldbridge who's no slouch. Okay, and holding that team to zero points with Hogney and Lawrence Hunter. I mean, you know, in the backfield for for Oldbridge, I mean, that's impressive by the Hillsboro defense. So, um, I mean, listen, they've been. You know, Coach Cardi and his coaching staff deserve a lot of praise for that what they've been able to do in that way. But um, 7-0 on the season. I mean, this team can meet you in so many different ways. Offensively, you know, Thomas Amakwa, we all know, is a superstar. You know, the Rutgers can make. He's a superstar. He has, you know, almost 12,200 yards of all-purpose yards this year. He's got 14 total TDs. He can wreak havoc. He can make plays any facet of the game. I mean, he's just amazing. But um, you look at other guys. You know, Jay Missouri, who's probably – Someone who's not getting as much, you know, press, you know, at the quarterback position, he's thrown for over 1,000 yards. He's got 16 total touchdowns. Okay, the left-handed slinger is playing really well. Okay, Will Dixon's having a nice year. Tyler is having a nice year. We, we can go down the list. This team can beat you in the run game, the pass game. They can play excellent defense. amaqua can steal the show on special teams. He's a game-breaker there. This is a really good football team. And they're playing in one of the toughest conferences out there in the big central football conference. They've been showing it so far, you know, them in North Brunswick in two weeks. That should be an interesting one to watch, but Hillsborough just rolling right now at 7-0 on the season. And, you know, they want to win, you know, them in group five. I mean, them in Manalapan right now, in group five look like some tough tasks for any of those teams. They're both playing really well. So those are my top two teams in my top 10. At number three is Robson. They slide down from number one to number three. Look, the Bulldogs, yes, they lost to Red Bank Catholic. It's a tough loss. But, listen, they lost to maybe one of the best team, best private schools out there, or parochial schools if you want to call it that. Um, you know, they're 5-1 in the season. And they've been playing lights out. I mean, I saw them against Colts Neck. You know, and I know Colts Neck didn't have Fallon and, and, and gave them a run for their money. But, you know, this team, they can beat you with old-school smash-mouth football because they can stop you in, it can stop your offense with their great defense, and they can also beat you in the trenches. Their offensive line is good. Their defensive line too is pretty good as well. With the linebackers they got behind them with Lista and McKay. I mean, you can you can argue the two best tandems in the state. That them two are just amazing football players, and they're very smart kids too, by that matter. You know, we know McKay just um, you know um, committed to Middlebury, so. um you know, they are, you know, Robinson Ferry even can you you so many different facets. They can run the ball very efficiently with Schroeder and with Colin Kennedy at quarterback, who's been having a really nice year doing it all for them. You know, he's got 11 TDs to lead the team, you know, doing it all, passing, leading that team with the run game. You know, Schroeder has eight touchdowns, you know, rushing. This is still a very good football team who have beaten Wall, who have beaten Donovan Catholic. We can go down a list. They, they are a very good football team that has won a lot of games so far this year. And, you know, they got another test at home Friday night against Middletown South who's undefeated. And um, that should be a very interesting game, especially to see how Rumson rebounds from a loss, you know, against a team that's five and zero, who's kind of like them plays great defense smash mouth football type of team. Coach James Nucci has over there. That should be a fun one to watch. Um, so, but, um, you know, listen, this team has been amazing. This was the only game defensively they gave over a touchdown. So they've been playing lights out defensively against some top tier opponents. So, um, you know, one loss you can see Rumson just, you know, getting over the hump there and moving past and having, you know, riding the rest of the way, having a good season. So, um, they're number three on my list. Number four is a the team they're going to face, um, you know, Friday night and that's Middletown South, who's five and zero. Coming off a nice road victory two weeks ago against Southern, 21-14. So, they've gone the road and they've beaten Southern. They've gone on the road and beaten Manalpin, two very good football teams. They've beaten both of them on the road. it was an overtime, that walk-off touchdown. Um, you know, but they've been playing lights out. They've only given up 36 points also this year. So, you know, Coach Antonucci's defense is playing great football right now. They're a really good football team. They held – a Manalpin offense in check who is coming off a huge victory over, you know, Friel Berwyn. They scored 39 points and 33 of them in the first half. I mean, one was a defense, was a fumble recovery touchdown, but they have done a really good job Middletown South defensively. And, and offensively, again, they can run it. They will make the plays when they have to. They're a very sound football team, and those teams win big games, especially in the postseason. So Denver's Rumpson is the game of the week, in my opinion. should be really fun to watch them Friday night. Middletown South first, Rump's in Fairhaven. We'll see if the Eagles can stay undefeated. We'll see if the Bulldogs can rebound from their first loss this season. It should be a fun one to watch. So the Eagles from Middletown South are number four on my list. And at number five, I just mentioned them to Manalapan cracks the top five. The Manalapan Braves. Um, I saw them in Burrow and I was very impressed. I mentioned 33 of their 39 points were scored in the first half. Listen, the first drive, they didn't do anything, and after that, they scored on their next five drives. They were just rolling on all cylinders against a good free o team. Maybe not as good as last year, but they can play. They have some athletes. They've been playing well defensively, and they just beat them up. I defensively, they played very good football. They they gave up a touchdown uh, swing pass in, in, in the third quarter. That was it. They played really well defensively, forced another turnover for a touchdown. But Monte got the fumble recovery. Um... Prezzoni and Mario Cicchara, um, could both forced the fumble. Ciccharia's got like three forced fumbles, three sacks. He's having a great year on the defensive line. Um, Monti has six little touchdowns in the season. I mean, they're just playing really well defensively. And offensively, you know, Heckel, Mike is a really good quarterback. And first full year starting, he's got 10 TDs now. He's almost got injured yards passing, you know, through two beautiful balls. Deep balls for touchdowns. One the to, you know, Walker, um, you know, Tyler Walker, he did that, you know, to be in the second quarter. And then his touchdown wasn't, you know, it was a nice solid pass right by the pylon to end that right before halftime to Walker. So, you know, he's playing really good football right now. I uh, made a great pass over the middle to Dilly, he made a great catch between two free old defenders. I mean, that was a great catch by him. But um, look, they they can beat you in many ways. They got good athletes on the outside with that wide receiver. They can run the ball with Marquez. Their defense has been lights out. Um, again, right now they're ranked number one in their in their poll in in Gridiron um, for their section for Group Five. Them in Hillsboro, I mean, look, it's it's tough to compare. I mean, they both play in good conferences. One's undefeated, but the other one, I mean, you can't say anything bad about them because they're playing pretty well too. The only loss they have is in overtime. So, to an undefeated team, so. um I mean, Nalvin's been playing really good, and, again, they're back to old. You know, last year was just, you know, I'm not saying it's a fluke if things happened last year with the COVID situation, but they're back on track to Braves, and I expect the Braves to make another nice run this year, and we'll see what they got. You know, tough text Friday night against against um, right? Bay Catholic, excuse me. It's not – it's going to be a close game. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think it's going to be a close game, sort of like the Rumson game. You know, we'll see what – you know, it's not going to be – it's going to be a close one. Going down, it's going to be decided probably by the fourth quarter. It ain't going to be, you know, a blow away where Red Bank's going to win maybe by three touchdowns. It might be a two-touchdown game, but it's it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So um, that that's my top five. So my top five in order, Red Bank, Catholic, um, Hillsborough, Rumson, Fairhaven, four is Middletown South, and five is Middletown. So that's my top five. Four short teams, one big central. So we'll go there. Six, we go back to the big central conference, and that's North Brunswick, who, look, they're coming off a loss, the Union, who's one of the best teams out there, public schools out there, 14-0. Would have liked to see some more fight um, from that. But, um, I, I listen, I think the Raiders are a good team. Um, they got some tests. You know, St. Joe's, they might be not the St. Joe's of old, but they're a good, decent team, and then they have to play Hillsborough. Which will be the biggest test at the end of the season for them. So we'll see what they're made of. But listen, Garbellino is, is a great quarterback, You know, 1,159 yards passing. He's got 17 total TDs, 16 passing. Um, Marquise Perry is like Amaqua, a star. He can hurt you in many different ways. Um, he's got 19, nine touchdowns, excuse me, um, receiving for 601 yards. He's got 14 total TDs. He's a game breaker. Like I just mentioned, like Amaqua. They have a lot of athletes on the team, North Brunswick. They can beat you in many different ways. You know, I expect them to come in and beat a good St. Joe's team this week. And then them versus Hillsborough, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Um, you know, Hillsborough is playing really well right now, coming off that, you know, that great, impressive victory over Oldbridge you know, 44 nothing. But it, it's going to be – that would be a good clash to end of the season, um, especially in that group five, depending on, you know, it's going to define – some uh, some power rankings there. So uh, that should be a good one to watch. But I got North Brunswick. They're number six. And number seven, a newcomer to the top ten. Um, they've been under the radar. But I, I think this team has really started to pick things up, and that's East Brunswick. East Brunswick, they're 6-1. and one. They've won six straight. Um, you know, maybe they haven't been the top competition. They're going to face some bigger competition going forward. But, you know, they got South Brunswick this week, which is going to be an interesting game. But um, they've been playing really well. You know, Ben Solomon, Sol- Sol- Solomon, the um, sophomore quarterback, has been really good. You know, he's got 632 yards rushing, nine TDs, four touchdowns, passing. They're more of a running team. Their team hasn't given up over 14 points in the last six games, so their defense has been stout. They're going to have to be like that against South Brunswick because they can score in many different ways. It's going to be a really interesting game Saturday. But um listen, East Brunswick right now, six and one, newcomer to the top ten. They are, you know, listen, they're rising up. They're playing their best football right now. We'll see how they finish off the season. But um, you know, six straight wins in the Big Central is no easy task. So they're number seven on my list. And number eight, Middletown North. Middletown North, the five and one Middletown North Lions, who are just fresh off winning the Independence Division. Their first one, in, 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 I think over like twenty years or something like that, just an amazing feat by them and Coach Bush, um, coming off a nice victory over Saint, you know, John Denny, twenty-four to twenty-one. Uh, Tommy Gianno has been a- amazing. I mean, amazing. His legend continues to grow. A um, thousand two hundred fifty-four yards passing, eleven touchdowns. Brian Haddo's having a nice season at the running back spot. Atds almost six hundred fifty yards rushing. Almost he's six forty-five. Really good team of lions, and they. Got test against Wall this week should be interesting to watch. I believe I'm going to be covering that game. Uh, I'm not sure yet, but listen, it, it's you know Milltown North, Milltown South, right now. Both playing really good football. Um, that should be a great game Thanksgiving Day <laughs> between those two teams. But um, you know, listen, the Lions. I I saw against Raritan that they can be explosive, and I thought they gave a good showing in that scrimmage. You know, way back in the summer in August, but they've just been proving that. And they're 5-1. and one, They're playing really good football. And, uh, you know, they won the division. They should make the playoffs, you know. The big test is going to be this weekend against Wall. Because Wall, even though they're 3-3, three and three, I believe, you know, they played in the toughest division. They've beaten good teams. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But, um, you know, Middletown North, you know, they can pass the ball. Their offense is explosive. Defense ain't too shabby either. You know, they're just having a good season, so they're number eight. And number nine is St. Thomas Aquinas, who's 6-0. and um, Look, they're unscored upon. Their defense hasn't given up a point. And I, and I get it. They haven't played the top competition in the Big Central. Not in their division. They are going to. Delaware Valley is going to be a tough game for them. and I think they got Governor Livingston. Those are the two games left. It will be interesting to see, but to do that, again, like I mentioned in my last podcast, that that is rare to do, and, and that's just who they are right now. They're playing really well, 6-0. They haven't been scored upon, you know, everything they've gone through. So it will be interesting to see. But the Delaware Valley game will be interesting because Delaware Valley will give them a game. It, I don't think that will be a game where they, they, they would have to, you know, they could they could shut them out, but it's not going to be a game where they're going to be able to score over 30 points or something like that. It's going to be a dogfight that game. But um, I got the Trojans at number nine. At number 10, still in the Big Central. Old Bridge at five and two. I, I understand they're five and two, but their two losses are against North Brunswick and against Hillsborough. North Brunswick was a great game. Unfortunately, the Hillsborough loss, it's a tough one. You know, you, you don't like to see that. But um, listen, Hogney's having a tremendous season. 19 total touchdowns. This guy running the football and passing football has done a great job. Um, Lawrence Hunter's been playing really well at running back. He's got, you know, Eight hundred something yards rushing, ten TDs. So, listen, Obridge. They, they beat these Brunswick to start off the season. So, I mean, those that's a big victory for them, a bigger victory now than most people think. But um, you know, still, you know, they've been having a great season, the Knights. So, that's my top ten. So there it is, my new top ten Central Jersey high school football rankings. Listen to them. You know, give me some feedback. I I always love it you know, see what you got. Um, and we'll go from there, but, um, it, it, listen, it, it's great time. You know, you're at the end of the regular season, playoff times coming around the corner. Everything's back to normal. I shouldn't say everything's back to normal because COVID's still out there, but it's fun. It is fun to cover it Friday, Saturday, whenever you do, it's good stuff in New Jersey football. I mean, it's been some really good games to watch lately. And even some of the bad, you know, blowout games have been fun to watch as well. So, um, you know, you, 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 you guys give it that way, so, and everything else. Sorry about that. Bone phone call coming in. <laughs> anyways, um, but still, you know, I lost my there. But um, anyways, enough with my jabbering. Enough with my jabbering. Let's get into the interview with with with, with Taylor Beeling um, from the Homedale Hornets girls soccer team. Like I mentioned, they're twelve zero and one on the season. The number three seed in the short conference tournament. They got Red Band Catholic on Friday night. I'm filming this Wednesday night, so it's, this will be coming out Thursday morning. But um, listen, you know, Home has been outstanding the last two seasons, 27-0 and one, and Bialyn's been a big part of that. She's got 12 goals, seven assists this year, 31 career goals. She's a junior, been really good, been re- has helped Hillsborough, um, Home excuse me, reach new heights. Um, these last couple of years and continuing, you know, success this season with their um, 12-0-1 mark and marching into the quarterfinals of the short Conference tournament. So without further ado, here she is, Taylor Beelen of the Homedale Hornets Girls Soccer Team. So welcome back here to the Bass Interaction Podcast for CentralJersey.com. I got Taylor Beelen from the Homedale High School Girls Soccer Team joining me today. Taylor, thank you for coming on. You've had a great season so far. You're one of the top scorers in the short conference, 12 goals, 7 assists. And your team right now is rolling 12-1 on the season. You guys are about to face Red Bank Catholic in the quarterfinals. Just just talk about the season so far.
1: Well, I would say it all started in the summer. Our main goal really is, like, work together. And I feel like over the summer we really grew closer together as a team. With our conditioning, we always finish it together. That's our slogan for this year. So I feel like we kind of just piggybacked off everything that started in the summer. Um, Then we did the Capelli tournament. So we got used to playing with each other because we did lose a good amount of seniors last year. And then we started off in the scrimmages. And then we just went into the season. And thankfully, we finished first in the shore, which is awesome. And I'm really proud of all of us because we really worked so hard for everything. So I'm just glad that we got that outcome.
0: Um, yeah, you guys last year 15-0. And you, we yes. could be talking about a regional championship, unfortunately, with the with the COVID situation that didn't happen. But um, this year coming in, people knew you guys would be good, but still you, you guys lost like Sophia Mancino and stuff like that. So that was, you know, people were wondering what this team can be like. And you guys have just been rolling right now. You guys haven't been beaten yet. I mean, how much is it of it is just you guys is it's the talent. And the tenacity, and how much is it with Coach Nicarlo now at the helm? Because I've seen a lot of stuff that he's helped you guys with as well, and helping you guys get to that next level.
1: Right. Well, coming into this year, of course, with Nicarlo again, um, we did have a, some big shoes to fill, like you mentioned, like Caroline Rebell and Sofia Mancino and Lindsay Lindsay Cannon. Um, but honestly, Nicarlo really brought us together. I would say. Um, we could my freshman year, we only lost one senior. So coming into my sophomore year, the 2020 season, with Coach DiCarlo, it was basically the same team besides our one starting center mid. So Coach really brought us all together over the summer and realized that when we work together, that's when we work our best. And I feel like that, honestly, was a huge part of our success last year and this year.
0: Um, you guys haven't been beaten. I mean, is it crazy (laughs) to think about the last two years? I mean, you guys are just on a roll right now 27 0 1, and and maybe more possibly. And you guys are hoping so here in the short conference tournament and then coming states.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, we would love to keep our undefeated record going so far. I know we have a big game on Friday, but we've been preparing for it. We're ready to face RBC again and hopefully just keep advancing throughout states in the short conference tournaments.
0: Um, now, I've watched you. You've been on varsity since you've been a freshman. So, you know, you're, you're a veteran. Um, and the speed up top has really helped you in a lot of big games I've seen. Um, how have you practiced that? How do you, are, how have you practiced being able to use your speed the right way, not get off sides and make sure you're in the right place at the right time to make those runs at scoring goals?
1: Well, if I'm being honest, I really never did anything for my speed. I kind of just started off like that when I was younger. And of course, my, when I've been developing, my speed has increased, my style of play. But the offsides thing, that's honestly just like, you just got to watch. That's honestly your coaches and your teammates always watching out for you, um, making sure, watch, holding your line. But yeah, the speed, honestly, like, I really can't say that that was taught. It was kind of just inherited to me, I guess. God-given, um, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a blessing.
0: <laughs> um, you know, 31 career goals I have for you. Um, and there's more to come. You know, you have another yes. full season ahead of you, and more of this season. I mean, what can you say about your high school experience, and especially the fact that your sophomore year, unfortunately, you didn't get to have a full season because of the COVID situation.
1: Yeah, that was that was really unfortunate. We were all devastated when we found out, but. Coming into my freshman year, I did move from a new town. I'm not originally from Homedale, I'm from Bayonne. Um,
0: okay. North Jersey. Yeah. My dad's from Bayonne. So no way, really? My dad's from Bayonne, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, it's Winter. such a, everything, everything starts from Bayonne. It's so funny. Adriana Morales is also from Bayonne. We grew up oh. together. So she moved the year after me.
0: Wow, all right. And yeah. Said,
1: that's that's awesome. Bayonne's honestly, it's a community itself. <laughs>
0: Nah, I mean it's different than when I know. I mean, my dad's my dad was was way older back in the '50s, so way past <laughs> your time. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been there. Uh, the Bayonne Diner is amazing.
1: Oh yeah, old, Eighth Street's old, so good.
0: <laughs> old, old school diner, still very good and everything else. Um, he went to Bayonne High School. A lot of his friends with the Maris, but that's gone now, I believe. Right? Yeah,
1: Maris is gone. My dad went to Bayonne. He graduated from there.
0: What year did he graduate?
1: putting <laughs> oh, him on the spot here. <laughs> I have no idea. I want to say early nineteen nineties.
0: All right. So he's, my my dad graduated probably in nineteen sixty six. So we're he was oh, way past my, there. But um, my grandpa. Yeah, it's, a, it's a crazy family. town. Um, my mom grew up in Jersey City, which is right next door. So I. Mean. Yeah, that's
1: where my grandma grew up, and my my pop pop lived in Bayonne his entire life. He owned an auto body shop on Avenue C in the Boulevard um, on Fifteenth Street. He's still there today. He loves it. I mean. It's just the Bayonne life, the Bayonne community.
0: It's awesome. So what was it like coming from like a city atmosphere to coming here to Homedale? Different, different, way different.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Honestly, it's like two different worlds, like living in Bayonne, walking everywhere. Like Bayonne is three miles long. Like coming into Homedale, you have to drive everywhere. It's also, it's a lot of more open space um, there's more, like there's more opportunities, more things here. And the reason why we moved to Homedale was for the soccer and for the education at the high school. Um, but coming into my freshman year, I guess as like a new, a new student athlete. I mean, of course, I was nervous. I was a freshman, new to an entire new town, a new high school. But the team was really welcoming and warming. Um, and on, six of the girls on our team are on my club team. So I had those girls kind of to, like, introduce me to new people, show me, like, the routes of Holmdell. So that was really awesome. They helped me adjust, and I would give them, honestly, a lot of the credit for it.
0: So what club team did you play on that you met with them?
1: So I used to play for Bayonne. Uh, my dad created a little travel team for us when I was eight, and that's when I met Adriana. Okay. So, like, eight years old. Then I want to say 2015 I went to play for Carney Thistle, and my – club team now, the NJX Spurs, but we're match fit now. They came to Kearney to play us. And this is when I knew I was moving. So my dad went over to the coach after the game and said like, oh, like my daughter, like we're moving. Like, And thankfully um, my coach at the time offered me to go play for a tournament with them. And then from that point on, just me and Adriana went from team to team to team with them. And then now we are, here we are now playing for a high school that we didn't even grow up in. So it's kind of crazy how everything like works out.
0: Um did you know about Coach Nicarlo? I mean you came in like right at the um, you know I missed the boys era. The- the- yeah. yeah. I right missed the double states.
1: Yeah. I mean I knew that the boy the Home boys team was incredible. I know they won back to back states, but I didn't meet Nicarlo until summer going into my sophomore year when he joined and took over um our team for the high school
0: what's it like playing under him i mean i know what, what the boys will say you know and they you know, and they're great riding to cover that but um i mean what's it just been like with him i mean he you know he's had some great success with the boys and now he's helping you girls have great success
1: right knowing that i was gonna be playing for him was honestly an awesome opportunity because like i i knew about all the amazing things he did with the boys um so i knew that we'd be in good hands and he doesn't treat us any different than the boys. He still runs us the same, runs us into the grounds. But honestly, everything works out in the end. And therefore, I mean, with all of our ex- success with the wins, like we're an eighty-minute team, like we can play the full time on the field. And honestly, we have him to thank for that.
0: So. Um, now the boys had a great run. Now, you, now the girls are having a great run. I mean, we can be talking about a regional games yeah. if, if nothing happened last year, but. I mean, if you guys can continue this run, I mean, what will that be like to st- stamp your own name in the soccer world at Homedale High School?
1: I personally think that would be incredible because I feel like Homedale is known for its boys' soccer. And the girls all of a sudden last year came out. I feel like nowhere. We started winning everything. Our name got out there and especially continuing it into this year. I feel like that would be incredible to like prove our point and, not be known as Holmdell boys soccer. Like you'll hear del think, oh, like the girls, girls soccer. So I'm really hoping for that. I mean, I'm sure we made our mark so far, but I'm hoping to continue it and keep it up.
0: Made your mark so far. I mean, people, I mean, even though people weren't sure about you guys, you know, everyone knew, you know, you guys could make a run with the talent that you guys had. So you guys are definitely making your marks known. Um, just I just have a couple more questions for you, Taylor, and thank you for coming on I mean, you're doing Thank you for having job. me. Yeah, thank you're doing you. a great job. Um, take me through this um, shore conference tournament. Even though you guys won the shore, you' you're ranked number three here in the tournament. For Township got number one times River is two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How are you guys handling that and what's your mindset right now as you guys go into RBC? Well,
1: right now we're just taking it one game at a time. I know we had a bye the first week, and then we beat Times River East. But we know that RBC is a huge game, and we, we just played them last week. So we really have a weak buffer to get ourselves together again. But we're ready, and we just want to prove that. I mean, I think that we belonged. a high We should have gotten a higher seed. But it's okay because, like I said, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that we're going to really go far with the short conference tournament. So, I mean, we just want to prove everyone wrong.
0: And, and how much do you think that would mean to you guys? Because this is a stacked conference. I mean, you've mentioned RBC. Manalpin, the 5 C's having a really good yeah. run right now. Mm-hmm. And we just mentioned Times River and, and Friel Township. I mean, to be able to win this, I mean, how much do you think that would mean to you guys? Because the boys, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to do that in 2018.
1: Right. Honestly, I mean, like you said, like, the Shore conference, I think, is the toughest conference in New Jersey. So playing in that conference – first of all, I think is amazing because we're playing against quality teams and quality players, but winning the whole thing, I feel like that would just be like an unforgettable experience. Like our girls team, we're so close. We we do have like a family-type feel, and I feel like winning such an intense conference, like that would just bring us together even more, and that would just be an amazing accomplishment for Hondo
0: girls' soccer history. Um, yeah, my, my last point, people have seen the Jersey Sports Zone – Video of I mean, Carl and you guys jumping up and down after the win last week. How does like what's it just like right now? Having what's like what's the feeling like with you girls every time you guys step onto the field and that camaraderie you mentioned because that's tough to match. I mean, not a lot of teams unfortunately can have that and are able to grow that.
1: Honestly, the second we step on the field, like we know it's game time. We play for each other. We're always supporting each other, looking for each other, helping out each other, and. Of course, after every win, like, we're just, we're so proud and the energy and intensity that it could, it's just unmatchable. It's unparalleled. You can't really compare anything to that feeling, especially last week. Like, just the way we celebrate, like, we're just so happy and so proud of each other. And I'm just honestly so glad that we're getting the results that we want.
0: Well, I'm really happy to see you guys get the results, you know, um, you know, covering the boys, seeing their success. I hope you girls can have similar success. Did thank she, you, um, Taylor. Again, thank you for coming on. Before we go, I, I see on uh, I see a seventeen. Did you just turn seventeen? I see the balloons over there.
1: My my birthday was last week. <laughs> your
0: birthday was last week. So happy belated birthday! Thank you. Birthday. Did you get your um, driver's license yet or no? I
1: did. I actually so my birthday was October 11th, but the DMV was closed, so we took I took the test on October 12th. So th- that was just an amazing day. We I got my license, went to school, and then we played RBC and got the win. So that was honestly just an amazing day.
0: And you hope it continues I, on Friday, right? Yes, for well, sure, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Well, congrats, well, congratulations again. Happy belated birthday. Drive safe. I know you've you. probably been telling you that the whole time. But, um, again, Taylor, thank you for coming on the podcast. You did great. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys later on in the Short Conference Tournament and also in the uh, States.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: No worries, have a great night.
1: You too.
0: And thank you again, Taylor, for coming on the podcast to talk about the Homedale High School girls soccer season so far. The Hornets are off to a great start, twelve and one on the season. They're at number three seed in the Short Conference tournament, and they hook up with Red Bank Catholic. This Friday and three versus six matchup in the quarterfinals should be a good one. Just think about Homedale for a minute here, and you know I talked, you know, talking to Taylor about it. I mean, last year they went fifteen and zero. COVID situation, They couldn't compete in the in the regional playoff tournament. And this year, twelve one on the season. They are 27 one the last two years. Just amazing what John and Carlo has done for the Homedale Hornets girls soccer program after having. Tremendous success with the boys. Of course, the back-to-back championships in 2017 and 2018. But, um, you know, listen, the Homedale, you can talk about it there. The three seed, should they be it? I don't know. Listen, the girls' side of the short conference tournament is stacked because Friel Township's no slouch. So is in Towns River North. So... It's tough. It's tough. It's going to be very interesting to see which team comes out on top. Because also, Manalpin's been on a run of its own lately, and they're rolling right now. I'm covering them against Lacey on Friday. Um, you know, them versus Freel Township, if that's going to be the case. And we don't even know because Freel Township has to play, play a good Milltown South team in the quarterfinals. So it's going to be a very interesting run to that championship game, which will be held next Thursday at Barnegat. Looking at that side, I mean, I think Holmdell's got a good shot making it to the to the finals. I think they can beat Red Bank Catholic. They've already done it. And either Brick Memorial, Townsville North, you know, you figure Townsville North wins that one. And then on the other side of the bracket, you know, Rio Township, Menalpin and Middletown South, I would say have the opportunities. I mean, Lacey just upset St. John Manning, so So they're going to give Menalpin a game, but. It should be very interesting to watch. You know, this tournament time, it, it's fun to watch. And the short conference tournament is very tough to win, as we, as we know. Um, you know, I covered Rumson today against Wall. Rumson beat Wall early in the season, I believe, 5-1. And this time around, Wall won 3 to nothing. I mean, it's a tough division to play. A lot of good teams. So it's going to be very interesting to see which one comes out. The last one's standing, I guess, as they say. So um, it should be fun to watch there. On the boys' side, it's a little... Different. I think Christian Brothers Academy is really the clear cut favorite to win it all. You know, you know, Marlboro and Nalpin are okay, but I don't think they can beat CBA, whichever one wins that rivalry matchup on Saturday, which should be a good game, which should be a really good game between those teams. But, um, you know, whole, real townships have or had a really good season, but I, I can see them maybe getting upset by Homedale. You know, um, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, Hal gave him a game today, and Hal's not a bad team as well. They're they're not really a 15 seed in my opinion. So, um it, it's going to be very f- interesting to watch how this ends up. Um, Tom'sburg Norris having a nice season, so it it'll be interesting. I still think though, CBA clear cut favorite on the boys' side to win it all. So, you know, we'll see. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. People thought you know, Home might roll roll to a championship, and this was. A couple of years ago, when they won their back-to-back state championships, they lost to Ocean in, in penalty kicks. So, you know, anything can happen, you know. And we saw some crazy runs in this tournaments the last couple of years with, like, low 16 seeds making runs. So uh should be fun to watch. It's great that playoff time is back with the conference tournaments. You know, it's crazy. You know, the end of the season is almost here. But, hey, you got state playoff tournament time. The fun begins again. Um Good. This is when the best games usually happen, and it's going to be fun, fun times. You know, I know it's not. The weather hasn't showing it much today. It was a little bit in the seventies, but still, fall weather's here. You know, some fun, fun postseason games to come. You got the GMCs also starting up. I'll be covering a couple of those championship games as well. So keep it locked in on my Twitter at SBassin underscore sports. I'll be covering a lot of these big games next week and then we got you know after that state tournament and then you know sectional tournament state tournament all that good stuff for all these teams i mean um free um field hockey starts next week for the sectional tournament i believe i was covering i covered middle down south we won their fourth straight um division a north division title if you haven't checked out that story coach hickman's done a great job with that program um but um they unfortunately fell ocean um the other day but um finals are this weekend for the field hockey short conference tournament and then sectional start next week so all good stuff volleyball all tennis is already going on right now so a lot a lot of good stuff you know going on right now and try to cover as much as I can and uh, hope you guys enjoy it so um, that's what's going on right now in the high school world we'll we'll switch over to the professional side where huh, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. Let me just say that the Yankees falter again, the playoffs and this time they lose in a wild card game against the Red Sox, which makes it even more embarrassing. You know, their ACE doesn't pitch well, um, you know, they, and they lose, they lose. And they only have, you know, they're, the only guys that can do something are Giancarlo and Aaron judge, you know, the rest of their team in that lineup or, or, or Rizzo, nobody else was producing much. Um, and now they bring back Aaron Boone for three years and an option. Look, <clears throat> it didn't matter to me if they brought him back or not. I I figured they were. And especially when people started talking, like the beat writers were mentioning, oh, he's going to be like a top prospect for San Diego and, and all that stuff. And, and I knew he was coming back. It was the same thing with Girardi with the Cubs, like in 2014 or, or something like that. You know, with the Yankees when he, when he signed or 2013, you know, whenever he signed his extension. Uh, you know, to come, you know, to stay on as manager. So I'm not surprised. I don't think he's the biggest issue, Boone. I, I think there's a lot more issues. I blame more of Cashman for this team and what it is. I mean, if you listen to his press conference, he's like, we got to get more athletic. We have to get more contact. You know, that's what he talked about. Um, and they do. I mean, you know, if you look at this team, there needs to be some changes. Um, but I think it needs to start with the fact that Clever Torres, and they said it, is your second baseman. He, he's not a shortstop. So, what does that mean? Because right now, that means you're going after a shortstop. You know, and, there, and there's a lot of them out there in the class Correa, who's been playing, you know, having a good postseason. You know, Trevor Story is the most athletic one from, from Colorado. Um, Seeger, who I think is the better fit for the Yankees, left handed bat, just feels like a Yankee. And then, um, what's it called? Um, Simeon's out there as well. I don't think the Ings will go for Simeon. He had a really great year last year for Toronto, but I I, I think it was just one of those years where you just have a great year. I, I I don't know. I wouldn't like really go. I think and the other thing too is I think he played better at second base than he did at shortstop because they had Burchette there. Bouchette there. So I, I don't know. But um we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. There's there's some options there. We'll we'll see what they decide to do. You know, Baez, I'm not going after Baez. You know, and I think Baez might end up with the Mets again if if Lindor makes them. So, you know, we'll see. But um, I think the biggest thing for the Yankees, and this is just my opinion, resign Rizzo. Rizzo makes you a better team. He's a great defender, good contact hitter, good clubhouse guy. I think he's, I just love Rizzo. I'm a big Rizzo guy. I I think that you need to resign him. And yes, that makes the issue with what do you do with DJ LeMahieu? And, you know, these people on the block and, and Luke Voigt, but look, at the end of the day, you're you're looking to trade Luke Voigt. You might even look to trade Gary Sanchez. I think Gary's coming back, but that's just me. But, um, look, I, I think you could find ways to trade Luke Voigt, maybe even Gio, and play DJ at third base because I don't know. I just think that – look, I think that Rizzo is a better fit at first base. I think you can't live with DJ Lemayu as your first baseman. He could become that later on, but right now, I, I don't know. You know, like – I'm not saying – like DJ – had a tough year. He was injured and, and everything else, and I get that. And he's not bad first baseman. He's a better probably first baseman than Voigt. He's a good defensive first base, better defense player first baseman than him. But he's not as good as Rizzo. And I, I just think that you need, I, I, you know, it's gonna be tough to trade Lemayhe because of his contract. So it's most likely Gio, maybe Torres. But you have to get a haul for Torres if you really want to. And envoy. And I think that's what they might do, but you know, I think that's what some of the keys they need to do. Um uh, for the bullpen. I don't know if they'll go crazy and spend for a top guy in their bullpen. They need to get some more utility guys off their bench. Their bench needs to get better. And they need to figure out something in the outfield. You know, like a Chris Taylor from the Dodgers or somebody because they need more depth in the outfield. I, you can't trust Clint for staying healthy and Duhar is a question mark. And of course, Aaron Hicks, you can't trust to stay healthy. And, and I'm not the biggest Aaron Hicks guy. And maybe Floreal will have his time next year. Who knows? But, you know, they need to do some more things. That might not mean bring back Brett Gardner, but it might. He might come back for another ride. He didn't play badly towards end in the stretch. But, you know, look. You know, we'll see what happens. But there's moves they have to do made. Bullpen-wise, They need to, you know, I think bullpen is hit or miss. It it happens every year. You see with these guys, some have good years, and then some out of nowhere they don't have some great years. I think Chapman can be good. He's not going to be great. But he can be okay. He's going to have these times where you can't trust him. You know, that's the problem. He's going to have times, you know, for a couple of weeks where it's like you don't want to see him pitch. It, It just happens with him. But without Britain, I mean, I guess you have Clay Holmes. I think coming back, um, you know, Peralta, Chad, um, LaWisik is the big one. You want to see more of him. Um, I think a Bray who can be a pretty good, you know, more experienced. He can do better. And I think they got some arms guys coming up in up the system that they should give shots to. You know, they don't have to go out there and sign somebody. I think they need to. They can bring guys up and shorten sure up shore up the bullpen pitching wise, you know, they're probably out with Tyone because he got hurt, so he's out for I don't know, probably the first month. But you hope Sebi comes back fine. Garrett can stay healthy till the end of the year. And you know, I guess, you know, you got Monty who I thought, thought had a good year. Um you know, Grimont hopefully can come, you know, can be back healthy. Um you got Michael King, you know, People like Garcia and Hill and, you know, Davey, and you know, all those guys, you know, could get a shot. So, you know, we'll see. It, it, you know, you always need pitching. You always need a lot of pitching. I think the, you know, Clark Schmidt, I think they have some young guys they can bring up, but <clears throat> if they can get a guy that can eat up innings, maybe out there, you know, they can do that. So that's my feeling on that. Um, but they got to make changes. Teams have caught up to them. And now you're seeing like, Right now, they might be the fourth-best team, like I mentioned in my video after they lost. Like, could be they're behind the – you know, and right now they're not behind Toronto, but they could be because Toronto's a young team. They're up and coming. And George Springer, if he stays healthy all year, they're a very good team. And then you got the Red Sox having the run they had this year. And you got the Rays, who just seem to have people's numbers and play well in the regular season. So we'll see what happens. But that's just my thought there. As for – My Giants. Look. One in five, again, is not great. It's not a great start. They get that big win against the Saints. And, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you see what they can be. They can make big plays. They can be very dynamic offensively. You're seeing all this positivity and defense played okay um they still get gashed in the run game and then they got gashed by dallas in the run game but um look you saw some things and then the injuries it it was just like that first half in dallas everything just went downhill and it's been downhill ever since right now you know you don't have andrew thomas now for the next three games he's on ir and he was having a really good year at left tackle. You're showing you the growth you wanted. So now you're stuck with Parrot, Parrot, and and Soldier. Who, let's face it, he's way past his prime, and that's being generous with Nate. And he's a good guy, but you know you can definitely tell he's really lost a step. And he's got to play right tackle. You you got to play mad at left, and go with it that way. Um, but you you know that's gonna be, that's tough because. Andrew Thomas playing so well, that helped out Andrew. That helped out the angel Jones so much with Andrew Thomas playing so well. So you don't have him. You know, Kadarius, you probably don't have him this week and maybe next week with that ankle injury. And he was becoming Odell-like for his rookie year, making plays left and right and what he could do. Um, You're not – you know, Barkley, you, you know – you know, I figure you're not going to see Barkley maybe for another two weeks at tops. Um, well, not tops, at the, the earliest. Maybe you see Galladay this week or next week. My feeling is probably next week. Um, but, you know, you see it's just a lot of injuries playing one after the other. The offensive line is already decimated, you know, with all the injuries he had early on in the season, especially with no Nick Gates and Lemieux. So you only got Willie out there. Who hasn't played bad. Well, he's looked all right this season. Um, you know, just all these injuries. And I think it's hurt the growth. It, you know, listen, I think Daniel Jones, he hasn't shown you, shown you that he's the guy, but he has shown you glimpses that he can be the guy. And I think if people were healthy and he had his repertoire of guys in the protection, that he is the franchise guy. I think he can be. He showed that in some moments this year. He has played well enough to win three or four games this year. Yes, he did not play well last week. He made two bad where He stared down his target, and, you know, they read him perfectly, okay? You know, he didn't do a good job reading the defense. He basically stared down his receiver, went to his target. They picked him off, okay? They baited him, okay? The other interception was on Shepard. You know, it was a timing route. Didn't get to the window on time. He tripped interception. And in the fumble – Look, his offensive lineman got beat. Perk got beat right off the ball. What do you want him to do? I mean, the guy was running for his life back there, and and surprisingly, they had him in at the end of the game, which, you know, you can say what you want about that. But, look, he had a bad game. He still has had a fine season. You know, that was the first game where he really turned the ball over and had his first real interceptions, okay? You know, he's been playing fine without it, and, He's also coming off a concussion. So I, I think people can't be like, oh, we, we're done with this guy. We got to blow it up. He's not the guy. Listen, you lost to a very good team. This team might be top five in the league, the Rams. They might make it to the Super Bowl. Who knows? You know, you know they got Stafford because they think Stafford's going to take him over the top. All right? So, you know, like, they lost to a good team. They weren't expected to win this game. They faced a really good defense. So it can't be like, you know, this blow it up, you know, this, you know, all this bad things, you know, it's not working. Get rid of Gettleman, you know, maybe get rid of you know, like, you know, go with another quarterback. Like it's all like everyone's freaking out that in Giants world. And I get it because it's a tough time and we're not winning. I get it. You know, you had 2016. That seems like a blip. Okay. Because besides that, you have 2011 and 2012 and 2010 ended with last year games of the season, not getting in. Okay? I get it. But you can't blow this up right now. You can't. All right? Yes, there has to be some changes made. Okay? They need to shore up this defensive line. Because to be honest with you, Dalvin Tomlinson was such, such a bad loss. Not resigning him because he made such a difference in the running game in the middle. And you're seeing he helped out Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence so much. Now, they played better this week. They stepped up, but they didn't play good, but they can do so much. But they need to play better, and they need to get a pass rusher and get more guys there on the defensive line. Pass rusher-wise, the Ximenez hasn't played well this year. Carter's been in no show. And, yes, he's coming off an Achilles injury, but he hasn't done anything. The middle of their defense, that middle linebacker, they lost their starting middle linebacker and Blake Martinez. It's Tay Crowder. And Tay's athletic, but he doesn't read plays as well as Blake Martinez does. He's not, he needs that mindset. You can't just put an athlete like a safety there and think that, okay, he's fast enough. He can, you know, he'll be able to make plays. You need to to read defenses, read your pulling guards, read your keys. Blake Martinez is so good at that. That's why he racks up so many tackles because he sees things. and, And not to mention, guys do their job. Everyone has to do their job for a play to work, but on defense, but. And in, in football in general, but you know, losing him is a big loss. and I think people see that. The other thing is in the secondary. I don't think Logan Ryan's played well this year. Jabril Peppers hasn't looked great this year, and he's been injured. Um, Adore Jackson's been hit or miss. Uh, Bradbury has not played well. He played better last week at times, but you know, it's been inconsistent. I think McKinney's looked okay. He finally can. He finally got the interception <laughs> this week, but you know, they need. They just need to make some changes. They're they're a young team. They just need more talent, and they need more pa- The biggest thing is they need passers. They need guys that can get after the quarterback. They haven't been able to, especially with just rushing four or three. You know, Graham's had a, to decide to do all these different blitzes and and everything else. And if they don't get there, you get hurt badly. And especially at the end of tabs, are getting hurt badly with the way he's having to do coverages, and he's not. Coaching well, either he needs to do a better job of learning what he has, and, and I know it's tough. I know it's tough for him because he realizes, Hey, my guys aren't going to get there three or four. That I can't just rush that and play coverage back. I have to find ways to get pressure and blitz guys in certain ways and you know, disguise things. I get it, but you know, and maybe he'll do a better job as the year goes on to find ways, but they're just there needs to be changes. And, look, tight end, they haven't gotten enough out of Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph. I think Kyle Rudolph's been banged up. He hasn't been an impact player. Um, They need more out of that position. You know, guard-wise, you know, besides Willie, they've been mixing and matching guard play. I mean, this offensive line that they have is not even going to be the guy's back next year. You don't even know if Willie's going to be back next year. Like, that's just the thing. So, there are some changes that need to be made. More on defense, they need to, get, uh, I think, a little bit more athletic, and they need to get more better run stuffers in the middle and more athletic on the edges. Meaning they need to get some pass rushers and everything else. But that's just why I say maybe shore up the safety position. I think they have guys that can play safety, and Logan Ryan, who's a true free safety. You know, Jabril Peppers is lacking strong safety skills. I think right now, and, and he might be hurt, and I get that, but. You know, they need to I, – I, I think they need to play McKinney more there, and that's why I think they should trade Jabril, but who knows what they're going to do. And Jabril's a Jersey guy. I hope he, he can play better, but there's some changes they have to be made. They need to get a better nickel corner, and maybe they don't need to. Maybe guys just need to play better like Holmes and Love. And Sam Beal, who they haven't really gotten anything out of, and he's been active I think once this year. So they need to get more out of those guys – you know, there's just some things they need to do. So biggest thing is pass rusher. If you can't get after the quarterback, you're not going to win. And, and then that's their biggest problem right now. They're not getting after the quarterback, and they're not stopping the run. So those are the two biggest things they can't get after the passer. They can't stop the run. When you can't do those things, you're not going to win football games. So, anyways, that's it's you know you not right now. Do you blow up this team? You still need to see what they can do. Do I give them a chance Saturday? Yeah. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. You know, I don't think Carolina's that great, they they got some talented players. Their defense ain't bad. And I think Darnold, you know, he's not who he was the first couple of games, but he's a solid, durable quarterback who seems to have his way against the Giants when he plays against them. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, they don't have McCaffrey, I believe, for this week. So, you know, him and Saquon are out. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, because it will be been fun to see those two guys go out in the same game. But, you know, we'll see. I do expect though Daniel Jones to play way better this week. Especially if he has Slayton back. And, you know, Galladay, I don't think he will, but if even with even with Galladay back, if he can have those guys back and they can get Evan Ingram more involved in the passing game, I think they can do some bigger things. The other thing is in the running game, Devontae Booker has, you know, I think Saquon was getting there, and you were starting to see that Saquon was making moves running the football before he got hurt. And Devontae is just not that guy. And I think you need to get more out of him. Sometimes you have. He's been inconsistent. They need more out of him. You're seeing Elijah Penny get carries for God's sake. So, who actually hasn't played bad? I got to give Elijah Penny credit. He's been having a pretty nice year so far for the Giants. So, anyways, we'll see. You know, one to five, it's not ideal. It's week by week. And they got a tough stretch coming up. You know, they got to face Kansas City. Um, you know, and. Everything else they got in a few weeks, Um, you know, the Raiders, which will be a tough task. I know they don't have Gruden, but they're still a very, they're still a decent team. You know, they have to go to Tampa. Who's a good team. I mean, you know, they got some tough games coming up. I get it, but you know, we'll see what, what happens there. So anyways, that's the Bass Interaction podcast for this week. Thank you all for listening to all my top ten, my new top ten of Central Jersey High School football. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, if you have any, you know, suggestions or comments about it, leave them to me on Twitter. You know, let me know what you think. Um, and also my interview with Taylor Bealen. Thank you for her to her again for coming on the podcast. She did a wonderful job. Um, really great interviewer. Um, found out she's a Bayonne native. So, um, you know, her and my dad, Bayonne native. So uh, that was pretty cool to find out and, you know, give you some glimpse about the uh, short conference tournament. You know, I can't wait to cover Manalpin, see what they're up to this Friday. I believe I'll be at the Middletown North Wall game, but that might shift. I might be at another game. So I'll keep you in tune there and also maybe a Saturday afternoon game as well. Try to get, as, try to get out there as much as I can. I'm trying to, you know, it's been a busy time with the election stuff coming up and all. And I'm still doing news for presentingjerry.com. So, um, Thank you all again for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and have a great weekend. Hopefully it's a nice weekend. There might be rain on Saturday, but hopefully the nice weather can continue. Rain holds off, and we all have a, another nice weekend of good fall weather and good football and baseball, all that good stuff. You know, playoff baseball. Anyway, so um, hope you guys all do well and look forward to talking to you again. This has been another edition of the Basset Interaction Podcast.